This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Friday, July 21st. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brandon Eisen filling in for Rob Hart. Right now, it's the biggest day of the summer for the movie industry. We'll discuss dueling blockbusters in our next segment. Right now, it's back-to-school season, a huge time for the retail industry. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business is Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide, New York, New York. How does back-to-school stack up against other holidays? Well, it'll be the second biggest thing going on absent the Christmas selling season, which, of course, blows everything away. But next to that, back-to-school is a very, very big event for retail. And, you know, this year, the National Retail Federation is saying they could be up 10 or 12 percent, which would really be astounding if it turns out to be true. Yeah. Now, how much does the online aspect of of retail take away from the brick and mortar? Well, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, Prime Day that we just had was a huge success for Amazon and everybody else that played like Walmart. And we think some of that could have pulled forward back to school sales. So that itself could have hurt back to school a little bit from the reported numbers. And then in addition to that, a lot of back to school has moved online. We're only, you know, 22 percent of total sales are online, but back to school pushes 50% of sales being online. So that will make um, a big difference. If back to school turns out to be strong online, it'll be strong all over. What we're waiting to see is can the consumer bear with this now down to 3% inflation? And now that their wages are a little higher compared to what they were versus inflation, they're not having to spend so much of their wage base on basics. So they could spend it on back to school. What we don't know is can the consumer's be so strong that the retailers can't keep up because the National Retail Federation might think it's going to be 10 or 12 percent, but retailers aren't planning for it to be that strong. They're looking more like at 5 to 6 percent. The question will be if the consumer is really strong, will we have enough stuff? Now, uh, college students, they're generally big back-to-school spenders. Um you know, are they are is their income deemed more flexible as there a lot of them are getting loans, a lot of them are uh, younger and getting money. Are they thinking smart about uh, spending their money or are they just going to go out and spend as much as they typically would in a normal year? Well, I'm going to go with the NRF on this one, too. They think that the spending by the college students percentage wise will be even greater than it is with the high school and younger students. And we know that the per person spend for college students is significantly higher than it is per person in the lower grades. So if the back to school people kick in like we think they might, it could be a really, 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 really strong season. All right, Jan, um, what are the biggest drivers of sales? What are the necessities? Where does clothing and fashion fit into all of this? Well, clothing will be a huge piece. Clothing and uniforms are a huge piece in lower grades. And then, of course, for the college kids, it's 
pillowcases and sheets and duvets and stuff for the room and televisions and mini refrigerators. They buy all kinds of stuff. But for the lower grades, there's a lot of clothing. And then, of course, it's the usual electronics, papers and pencils and all that kind of stuff. All right, Jan, thanks for checking in with us. Coming up, a look at Barbenheimer through the eyes of a movie box office expert. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Today's the day that many movie fans have been looking forward to all year. It marks the release of the expected blockbusters Barbie and Oppenheimer. We welcome Paul Dargarbedian, a senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, Los Angeles, California. Paul, is there any early front runner in the battle for box office supremacy? Yeah, this is a really interesting one. So I think everybody realized that Barbie is the more commercial of the two movies. And Bar, uh, the Oppenheimer, I almost said Barbenheimer, but Oppenheimer coming in at over three hours, but just a phenomenal film. But early numbers, so these are just in from Comscore. Uh, Barbie movie on Thursday night snared $22.3 million on Thursday night alone. And then, of course, uh, Oppenheimer had about $10.5 million last night. Now, these Thursday previews don't always indicate the exact opening weekend number, but we could be looking at one of the biggest overall movie industry weekends ever in cinemas with this Barbenheimer combo plus Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, and Sound of Freedom all playing a major role in this huge weekend. Now, is there uh, any method to the madness of uh, both of these big movies coming out on the same day? Well, the method to the madness, I don't think it was planned. I think it happened organically. Normally, you don't program two huge movies on the same weekend, although these are two very different films. But this Barbenheimer phenomenon just came out of nowhere, it seems, and became viral. And the whole idea of a double feature, which would be a rather long double feature, to be sure, probably five hours just for the two movies alone, but it's really great for movie theaters. I actually saw Oppenheimer last night in that that theater was almost full in my local theater in that auditorium. And then there were a lot of people in the lobby dressed up in guess what? Pink outfits and clothing going in groups to see Barbie. And this is a phenomenon. Again, we could be looking at one of the biggest overall domestic weekends ever with potentially over $300 million in box office in the U.S. and Canada alone this weekend. Yeah, uh, Paul, it's definitely been a long time since we've seen this much buzz around one and now two movies coming out at the same time. But what's the overall view of the entire summer season in the in the full year of movies? Anything coming out that's going to match this? Well, it's going to be tough to match the whole Barbenheimer phenomenon, but there are a lot of big movies on the way. And, and August is loaded with films, but of course the actor strike is going to prevent stars who haven't already done it pre-strike to get out there and promote their movies. The August movies include The Meg 2, DC's Blue Beetle, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, The Equalizer 3, and others. And then for the rest of the year, there are some really big movies on the way in the holiday period. Uh, Wonka and The Color Purple among them, Aquaman, the next Aquaman installment. And so we're looking at a box office year that should be about $2 billion ahead of last year, which was at $7.5 billion. But again, the headwinds of the strike writers and actors 
may have an effect on the pipeline of films coming out, uh, not necessarily this year, but into next year, the longer the strike goes on. And then the actors not being able to right now go out and campaign for their films. All right, Paul, thank you so much for checking in with us today. Paul Dergarbidian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, Los Angeles, California. Up next, the battle is underway between Meta's threads and Twitter. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. All right, Meta's text-based platform Threads trying to go up against Twitter, trying to be the next big thing. We're joined by Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, professor of advanced media and residence at the Newhouse School of Public Communication, Syracuse University. Shelley, Threads came out of the gate strong. Is it showing any signs of slowing? Well, it has to, and it is. Um, there's nothing to do there, and I think people are starting to get a little bit, a little bit frustrated with the lack of features. So. We've seen uh, at least some outside firms who monitor social media describing this as attention spans, uh, you know, diminishing by six, seven, eight minutes at a pop. So, yeah, it's it, they're seeing a little bit of weakness. Um, they had an unprecedented growth. It was the fastest growing app in history. But remember, there are no DMs, direct messages. There's no hashtags. There's no view counts. And there's actually no way to craft your feed with just your followers. The algorithm just sends you what it thinks you wants to see, which right now makes us all, you know, one big happy family. But that's not the way social media works. So until they get some features, you're not really in control of the experience. And I think people are getting a little bored with it. Yeah. And uh, as far as this growth goes, uh, I know there was like 100 million more signups over the weekend. Um, but this is something that's that's pretty easy to sign up where um, like when Twitter first came out, someone had to you know go and start this whole new program. Um, where where is threads this getting? Is, yeah, no, this is significantly easier. The, first of all, there's about 2.3 billion Instagram users. And in order to get a threads account, you simply say you want one, and then you can, in one click, follow all of your Instagram uh, people. Like You would literally translate your Instagram account to your Threads account. The funny part about that is that you cannot then delete your Threads account without deleting your Instagram account, which, to the consternation of most people who have tried Threads and kind of said, nah, I don't know. Look, these are early days. They have a, a window, I think. The window probably is let's call it a month, month and a half. And once people start leaving in any kind of substantial way, getting them back will be just as hard as if they were starting from scratch. So if they're going to enjoy this com amazing competitive advantage that they have had by just transferring over your Instagram followers and uh, you know, just dealing with the magnificence of Instagram's distribution as, as, as a key competitive um, asset, they are going to have to step it up with features that people expect to see in a social media network, and they're going to have to do it very quickly. Uh, otherwise, look, you know, it's, this is their game to lose, by the way. Yeah, Shelly, and uh, I could see that uh, maybe they didn't expect so many people to sign up, so they didn't quite have it all built out. Um, but uh, someone who obviously has a lot of users, Twitter, uh, are they being forced to make any changes due to the competition? 
Wow, you're going to have to ask Elon Musk that question. In practice, that is a dumpster fire, and it has been, and they're quite vulnerable. The biggest difference, there's no plans at the moment to um, have threads carry any kind of advertising, although it would be incredibly easy for them to do so. Twitter is having some issues because it's no longer considered brand safe by so many brands. They hired Lindy Iacarino, formerly of NBCU, uh, to be their new CEO, hoping that she would be able to attract advertisers. Linda is beloved by the advertising community, but Twitter is not. And so uh, one of the big tests with Twitter, you stop running advertising for a couple of weeks, you start running advertising for a couple of weeks, you start and stop a few times. And if there's no measurable difference, then why are you bothering with Twitter? That, that's their problem at the moment. They, they are not brand safe and they don't really have any impact. Uh, from an advertiser's perspective, Threads isn't a threat to Twitter other than users. The, Twitter's got 350 million, call it, app users. Most of them are probably bots, half maybe. There are no bots on Threads more than there are on Instagram because it's the, basically the exact same uh, group of people. You know, you, it's, your, it's your Instagram followers. So, uh, look, these are apples and oranges right now. We will see if Threads steps up and becomes the kind of town hall we expect it to be. They don't have a news feed per se, meaning we're not seeing a lot of news organizations put um, – they don't have a policy at Threads about bringing you news. Twitter kind of doesn't either, but you get a lot of news on Twitter. We'll see. This is, I don't know that you can compare these two right now. One's privately held. The other one's part of a public organization. Let's wait and see. Right now, uh, coin toss. All right, Shelly, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for the insight. Shelly Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, Professor of Advanced Media and Residence at the Newhouse School of Public Communications, Syracuse University. Still ahead in Entrepreneur Friday, the owner for Fresh Market. That's part of the healthy food access movement in Chicago. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Brandon Ison. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A compromise date is set in ex-president Trump's trial for allegedly mishandling classified papers. Tony Bennett's relationship with Ravinia is being revisited on the day of the legendary singer's death. In Entrepreneur Friday, we meet the woman behind a market that's bringing quality, fresh vegetables and fruit to Chicago's Austin neighborhood. And there are more important things to consider when couples merge their finances. The market watch, the Dow up 85, S&P up 15, the NASDAQ up 34 at 1231. Donald Trump has now a timeline in the federal case charging him with illegally retaining classified documents, correspondent Segar Magani reports. A federal judge in Florida has set a May 20th trial date next year. That's a compromise. Prosecutors wanted it this December. Trump's lawyers pushed to schedule the trial after next year's presidential election. If the May 20th date sticks, the trial would probably come well after a GOP nominee is clear. Trump is now the frontrunner. The trial would also also be close to a separate Trump trial in a New York hush money case, and the ex-president could be looking at more trials. In a Justice Department probe of efforts to undo the 2020 White House race results and a Georgia investigation into bids by Trump and allies to subvert the state's vote. Sagar Magani, Washington. American music legend Tony Bennett has died in his hometown of New York at the age of 96. The singer is fondly remembered locally for his decades of performances at the Ravinia Festival. 
Tony Bennett said on his 85th birthday he loved being at Ravinia. It's one of my favorite experiences in my life. More than 40 performances, one that stood out was with Lady Gaga. We're talking with Eric Soderstrom, the senior artistic producer at Ravinia. You know, he performed here for 32 seasons straight. Ravinia inspired him as well. He loved to paint, um, and he did many paintings, and he did one specifically of Ravinia. Pavilion and the lawn and, and people... Um, picnicking. He donated the painting Ravinia Music Under the Stars to the venue and it's on display. Here was Bennett at Ravinia on his 90th birthday when the entire audience sang to him. They laughed at Christopher Columbus when they said the world was round. Eric Soderstrom said, an amazing artist, an American legend, and a very gracious person. Mike Krauser, 105.9 WBBM. 1232, the markets are trading higher today. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, LLC, New York, New York. Jim, the Dow has had an unbelievable run, trying to seal its 10th day of gains. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think what the market is focusing on is uh, increasing conviction that the Fed is likely to do just one more rate increase. Uh, I think the futures markets are, are pricing in uh, almost 100% chance next week, but uh, below 30% or 30 35% for September. So the interest rate pressure is starting to come off the market, and we're working our way through earnings season. And uh, 75 to 80% of the companies are beating expectations. And so far, the economy seems to be holding up. It looks like we entered the third quarter with a 2% growth rate as per the Atlanta uh, Fed estimate. So you have an economy that's continuing to grow, grow respectable earnings, peaking interest rates, and uh, that, that, that's a pretty good combination for equity prices. And are, are you seeing any areas of the market that are trading cheap right now? Well, you're starting to get a broadening out in the market. Uh, as we all know, much of the year by uh, seven or eight uh, large-cap technology are intelligence stocks. And uh, right now, the rest of the market is starting to catch up, uh, which is healthy, expected, and necessary uh, for the market to continue to um, to have legs from here. So you're, you're getting a broadening out of the market, and that doesn't necessarily mean that the large cap uh, growth stocks have to cor- correct. They can just uh, walk in place uh, for a period while the rest of the market uh, catches up. And then we'll focus on 2024 earnings uh, where I, I expect you'll start to see estimates go up, which should allow for uh, further moderate gains in stock prices. All right. Now, any any advice for individual vet investors? And are there any of the areas of the market that uh, that should be avoided right now? Yeah, I think you always, uh, particularly particularly after stocks are up this much, avoid companies that that are losing money. Uh, buy equities over cash in the long term. In the short term, cash has an attractive return. But uh, stick with quality. Buy when stocks are down. Think long term. Uh, you'll do better in stocks over bonds. Uh, but at, th- at this point, you can't have a little bit of cash since cash is paying 5.5%. All right. Now, uh, the thing that people want to know, has inflation finally been tamed? Uh, well, 
it's it's on its way down. It's going to be a consistent slow grind down. Uh, it's going to take a while to get to two percent, but we've settled. We've settled at about a four percent rate, down from nine ten percent. And uh, over coming months, you should see further progress. And I think what the Fed will do is uh, keep rates where they are. I don't think you'll see any reduction of rates. Uh, the Fed will keep rates where they are to continue to squeeze inflation out as the economy grows at about a two percent rate. All right, Jim, thanks for joining us. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, LLC, New York, New York. Up next, an entrepreneur Friday bringing healthy food to a Chicago neighborhood in need of better nutrition. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Entrepreneur Friday this afternoon. The spotlight is on a Chicago business owner helping give residents of the West Side access to healthy food. We welcome Liz Abunau. Abuna, uh, owner and operator, 40 Acres Fresh Market in Chicago in Illinois. Liz, your business Hi, is addressing the, the food desert on the city's west side. Explain what a food desert in is and, and what you're doing to address that. I, I typically don't like to use the term food desert. Um, what people typically mean by that is a neighborhood that doesn't have um, adequate access to um, fresh food, healthy food, um, healthy food retail. Um, I think that food desert is kind of a benign term because it just makes it seem like this just is just the way it is and doesn't kind of take into the impacts of, you know, structural racism, um, segregation, that history of that and how that's created a situation where some neighborhoods have an abundance of fresh food options where others have little to none. So, um, you know, we typically call it either food apartheid or food inequity uh, to kind of really address what's going on there. All right, Liz, and and what are you doing um, to address any of the any of the needs there? Yeah, so Forty Acres Fresh Market is a grocery business that um, <clears throat> that brings affordable fresh food to the West Side and actually all over Chicago. We believe that fresh food should be for all because every neighborhood should be healthy. So. Um, we run pop-up markets, we run delivery service throughout the city. Um, so it's really important for people to understand that, you know, we're not just, we're not just in business for people who, um, either can't afford food. We're really here for all because when everybody has access, we all do. So yeah, that's what we do. And and what kind of uh, participation are you getting from the community? And when I say participation, uh, you know, when when people want small businesses to stay in their area, they make an effort to uh, buy from those small businesses. Uh, what what participation are you getting from the community in that aspect? But then also, um, where are you getting the fresh produce from? Are, are you bringing other people from the west side to participate in this and, and increasing the the imprint that you have? Yeah, so I would say we wouldn't be here. We've been around since 2018. So I guess <laughs> we wouldn't be here if, um, you know, the community wasn't supporting with their patronage, with their with their shopping, with their dollars. And that's everything from, you know, when we first started pop-up markets to um, when we moved into delivery service, as well as uh, we currently run the Austin Town Hall City Market. The city of Chicago tapped us to run their city market at the Austin Town Hall. And this season has been absolutely incredible incredible, more vendors, more customers than ever. So we really do get that support. And then the question about where does our food come from? Um, a variety of sources. Uh, so 
first and foremost, the first place I ever bought from was the Chicago International Produce Market, which has various um, wholesalers of fresh fruits and vegetables. We get a lot of our produce from there. And we also, now that it's a growing season, we're getting so much of our produce from local growers, um, from Mick Klug Farm in Michigan to Irving Growers Collective right on the south side of Chicago, Windy City Harvest, which has urban farms throughout the city. Um, they're all suppliers for us. And I, I can't name them all, but yeah, it's a variety of sources. And so we get some really excellent stuff, which is why our quality is up there. All right, Liz, uh, you've seen uh, a few years of success now. Do you have any advice? Uh, are you creating a, what, you, what you feel is a successful blueprint to share with others that could do this in, in any other area? Um, I hope so. What our, what our goal is is a brick-and-mortar store, and we're working towards that. We've been in development for uh, close to three years. We're getting we're primed to start construction on our first brick-and-mortar store at 5713 West Chicago Avenue. So hopefully construction can start on that by the fall and opening next year. So hopefully this is a blueprint for others. Uh, my advice to <laughs> my advice to any like entrepreneur: think long and hard before you start a business. It's it's not as glamorous as people make it seem to be. I, I always tell people, you know, work, get expertise in something, save money. And when you think you've saved enough, save some more on top of that because it can be a long road to like the actual, you know, financial gains. And then use your networks and use that expertise that you've learned. And eventually you're going to encounter a problem in this world that you want to solve. And all of a sudden that expertise is going to fit really nicely in there and helping and helping you create a solution that can be commercialized to start a business around. So I always say the first thing is just go out there and get that expertise through working, through education, because that's going to help you when you do finally find something that sparks that I want to start a business around that. All right. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for joining us today. Liz Abuna, owner and operator, 40 Acres Fresh Market. Still to come, strategies for people needing to merge finances. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The process of combining finances can be stressful for couples. Let's get some help with some of the fundamentals from Chris Everett, fiduciary financial planner and president, Everett Wealth Solutions in Forest Park, Illinois, and author of the book, The Prescription for a Healthy Retirement. Chris, how do you approach the merging of your finances uh, discussion with your partner? Brilliant question. So I have a brand new client. It's so interesting that you're calling about this now and spoke with one of the parties separately because they wanted to do some planning. The other one wasn't quite ready to do planning. They're not married, but they're going to get married. They're going to move in together. And so after talking through with the one party, they went home and talked to the second party and said, you know what? You're right. We need to have this as a merged conversation. That's where everything starts. And so I'm so proud of them for doing that because it'll make all the difference in the world for them. Now, what are uh, what are some of the implications if you bring up this discussion with your partner and they don't want anything to do with it? Well, if you're already merged, so to speak, married, living together, and you're not ready to do that, it kind of there's different reasons for that, right? Maybe they don't want to merge their business information, or maybe they just want to keep things private. I would say the strength of the relationship usually determines how well the merging will go. Um, Sorry about that, but that's often true. Um, It's important 
to merge, at least be knowledgeable about what the other person has from a planning perspective. I mean, there's expenses, there's income, there's assets. If you don't merge and look at that as a unit, there's missed opportunities that happen. Okay, when we talk about missed opportunities, what what are the benefits of a couple combining their finances? Well, it's, it's more efficient, number one. I have another couple that left here this morning. They have about 20 different accounts between the two of them. It's crazy making. So we're in the process of consolidating and merging because it'll just give them more clarity. And and what do you what do you say to the partner who either uh, holds on too much to the money or spends too much of the money when you're trying to combine combine these finances? Sure. So you know it, it's important to understand your client and to really listen well. I mean, there may be a reason to segregate some of the money simply just because of the way they pay things and and do whatever how they do life. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's the problem comes in when you don't have full disclosure. And so just really sitting down in a careful way, a non-threatening way so that you can be sure you're aware, whether you keep them separate or not. But again, I, I prefer merging. It just makes life easier. Okay. And, and what I get with the, uh, with the different spending habits, uh, merging finances doesn't mean that you can't have uh, someone has you know, one specific account that they can uh, oversee and, and put a specific amount that's agreed upon in that account. Right. Uh, and then they can choose how to kind of you know, pay from there. They absolutely can. And so really, it's just knowing your client, understanding how they function, and then showing them if there's a more efficient way. And then really, it's up to them. All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Chris Everett, fiduciary, financial planner, and president Everett Wealth Solutions, Forest Park, Illinois, and author of the book, The Prescription for a Healthy Retirement. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.